I swung around the corner and dashed through the gate. I ran up the steps and felt simply great, for I had a story that no one could beat, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. But Dad said quite calmly, just draw up your stool and tell me the sights on the way home from school. There was so much to tell, I just couldn't begin. Dad looked at me sharply and pulled at his chin. He frowned at me sternly from there in his seat. Was there nothing to look at? No people to greet? Did nothing excite you or make your heart beat? Nothing, I said, growing red as a beet, but a plain horse and wagon on Mulberry Street. Children are dismissed to junior church. Wonder if they'll see any pink elephants on the way to junior church. Or giraffes. She hates that book. She really, she prefers Faith prefers the Cat in the Hat. Mulberry Street isn't all that bad. Did you know that before the Cat in the Hat, before the Grinch who stole Christmas, way before that, Dr. Seuss came out with his first book ever. And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. And this was one of the Lucas's favorite growing up because they lived and live on Mulberry Street. Did you see a lot of things on Mulberry Street, Cheryl? Chris said whatever stays on, happens on Mulberry Street stays on Mulberry Street. Wow. Okay. Got a Vegas little tone there. You didn't see any giraffes or, let's see, airplanes flying by? No? Okay. Maybe with you. lots of squirrels on Mulberry Street. I thought it was really... And what? And some nuts. Some nuts, yeah. That they lived with, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting this week I sent out on the church email. If you read that, Rachel's really been reading my church emails lately. She's like, I want to see what Dr. Seuss did this week. And so that's how I get her to read my church email. But just kidding. Um, he wrote this in 1936. Does anybody remember 36? What year were you born, Joyce? I was five years old. Five years old. So Joyce, she, you probably went to the nickel store, right, and got this book right off the shelf. <laughs> Never heard this one? Okay. It's kind of, it's not as well known, but it is his first, and he wrote it on the way back, I thought it was interesting, uh, from a vacation. He was riding on a ship from Europe, and he was thinking up this rhyme scheme, da 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 Mulberry Street, da 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 Mulberry Street, as he was listening to the ship's, the sound of the ship's engine, it must have had this rhythmic sort of sound intonation. And he came up with the, the chorus there for Mulberry Street. And when he got back, he finished it. And almost 30 publishers turned him down. Until finally, he had this chance meeting. He said uh, he was walking on, this, on the street. And this editor, friend, uh, his friend who had recently become an editor, he was happening to be at that same place, same time, on that same sidewalk, if he'd been across the street. We may never know about Dr. Seuss. This chance meeting was an editor friend, and he said, I'll see what I can do. And he got it edited, uh, he got it published for Dr. Seuss. And I just wonder, I just wonder, what would a world be like, our world, without Dr. Seuss? 
he changed uh, children's books. They used to be fairly different if you've ever read, I don't know, books from the 20s and 30s and 1800s. More uh, moral tales, not near as rhymy and sing-song and fun and vibrant pictures as Dr. Seuss. And of course, after Dr. Seuss came out, you know, it just exploded in sort of very similar things to children's books, what you see today. But I just, uh, I'm so grateful for Dr. Seuss. Rachel's life would be dramatically different if she didn't have Dr. Seuss. She loves Dr. Seuss. And so this first book, and I think I saw it on Mulberry Street, it explores uh, Marco going on a walk and his imagination, uh, kind of like imagination versus facts. What does he really see? What's he really going to tell his, well, his dad asked him, what did you see? Uh, but he's got this big imagination. Lots of kids have big imaginations, which is good. They need imagination. But he's uh, kind of having this hard time separating facts from reality. And he's, he's got this reverie, he's got this fiction going on in his head. Fanciful things make life more exciting, don't they? Sometimes uh, lies, sometimes when we stretch the truth, we exaggerate stories, it makes things more exciting. And Marco's got this going on in his brain. Imagination's a really good thing. We need, as adults, sometimes we, uh, we grow up and we sort of leave imagination behind. But I want to encourage you to be open to it, to be open to the wonderful things in the world, the magical things uh, that God has placed here in this world. Uh, the, uh, just to be children at heart, like Jesus says. And to open your mind to imaginative things, wonderful things. It's important. But my question today, we're gonna, this is what we're going to discuss a little bit, is... Uh, Truth versus lies. And, and how far is too far with telling tall tales and with fabricating things in our life? Stretching, uh, you know, we stretching things out. The fish was this big. Oh, the fish was this big. You know, every time we tell the story, the fish gets bigger. And stacking white lies and fibs on top of white lies and fibs. Um, that's my question. How much is too much? And where is the line between truth and fantasy and reality and lies? Because the longer we tell a lie and the louder we tell it, the more that we and other people start to believe it and be deceived by it. So we've got to be careful. Um, imagination is good, but we don't want it to go too far that we start believing lies. And that's kind of where we're going to be today. Um, I know that children sometimes have a hard time separating fantasy from reality. Like, Gideon, how was your day? I saw a dinosaur in the backyard. What? Really? Okay. Well, that's, that's what he saw in his head. But hopefully as we grow older, uh, we, we understand more about the, the truth in the world. And we still keep that imaginative spirit, but we can grow in wisdom and understanding and also understanding how Im greatly important, how greatly uh, valuable, um, critical, Knowing the difference between truth and lies in our world is. It changes our work. It changes our relationships. It changes how we handle money. It changes how we do our marriage. It changes how we you know, listen to these lies that the world proclaims. And uh, we need to be able to separate the truth from the lies. So let's start off with a foundational truth here. If you have your bulletin insert, you can write this down. Is that Satan's the king of all lies and deceit. This is him. Satan, our spiritual enemy, he is the king of all lies and deceit. I got a lot of verses in your notes. We're not going to turn to all of them today. I do want to quickly read with you. Uh, if you want, you can turn to Psalm 34. Start turning to Psalm 34. We're going to go through some Psalms and Proverbs to see uh, that the wisdom from Solomon and David, how God is uh, speaking through them about the importance of truth and lies. But before we do, I want to read this real quick just to set the stage. 
Uh, John 8 says this, For you, speaking of Satan, For you are the children of your father. Oh, he's talking to the Pharisees, yeah. You're the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth. Some people hate the truth. Because there is no truth in him. Zero, zippo, zilch, nada. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Other versions say that lying is his native language. It's all he speaks. It's all he knows. And even though... Um, maybe he knows the truth of God. He doesn't want to have anything to do with the truth of God. And he tells all these lies and he tries to get all these lies of the world uh, into the minds of Christians. So we start believing these lies and uh, leaving God, going from the ways of God, because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything near and dear to us and the heart of God. So now, we're going to take a little walk. We're going to take two walks today. One's through Psalms and, uh, Psalms and Proverbs. And uh, the other you'll see soon, but we're going to read a verse, flip a few pages, read a verse if you were there with me in Psalm 34. Let's see how important. You think truth is important to God? I don't know. Maybe he says your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. Oh, wait, that's Oprah. Sorry, never mind. That is not a proverb. (laughs) Here's what he says through uh, David here in Psalm 34, verse 12. Psalm 34, 12. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? And all the hands go up. Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Anybody want to live a long and prosperous life? All the hands go up. Yes, of course. Obviously, duh. Okay. Then tell the truth. Be a person of the truth. Keep your lips from speaking lies. Now, lies. Go over to Psalm 101. Flip a few pages. Psalm 101. And we're going to uh, look at verse 7. Psalm 101, verse 7. Do you think God says, hey, you can come into my kingdom, you can come into my presence, if you're uh, a big fat liar, if your pants are on fire, right? It doesn't matter. Either way, truth lies. It's all relative. Uh, Who cares? Well, let's see (laughs) what God says. He doesn't say our pants are on fire, hopefully. Uh, Psalm 101, verse 7. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house, and liars will not stay in my presence. Wowzers. Seems kind of harsh. That's, that's very intolerant, God. Yeah, you're very intolerant. That's uh, exclusivity there. Yeah, God is exclusive. Um, he is inclusive to all who come to him, but there are qualifications. We're not going to go there today, but if you read, um, I think it's Revelation in your notes, it's like, these people will not enter the kingdom of God. You know, those who practice witchcraft and sorcerers and this and that, and liars is among them. Liars, And you're like, but I just told a little lie. No big deal. The fish was this big, right? No big deal. So God, truth is very important. Psalm 120. Flip over a few more pages. We'll go to Psalm 120, verse 2. Oops, Psalm 119 is really long. Skip past that. There we go. Psalm 120, verse 2. Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. We don't even want to be around them. People in your life who tell lies, do you like being around those people? Just everything's a lie. You don't know what to believe. You don't know what to trust. Um, it's hard. It, it's, it influences us. You know, other uh, wisdom in the Bible says that uh, bad company corrupts good character. Right? 
Lies, lies, lies. Save me from these lies. Now go over to Proverbs 12. Oops, just the next book, a few pages, Proverbs chapter 12. Lots of wisdom from Proverbs. Look at verse 19. Proverbs 12, 19. Does lying matter? Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. Deceitful Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. No harm comes to the godly, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. Verse 22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Do you want God to delight in you? So tell the truth. Be a person of the truth. Other versions say that uh, lying is an abomination. To God. Like this isn't a small deal. It's one of his top ten commandments. You know, David Letterman used to make top ten lists. God made a top ten list, right? Don't do these things. They're going to hurt you. They're going to hurt other people. Bring chaos and ruin and destruction to the world. And one of them is do not lie. Thou shall not lie. God says it very plainly, very clearly. This is so important to who we are at our very core. That God wrote it down on his top ten list. Don't lie. Be a person of the truth. Uh, and last one, Psalm 30. Excuse me, Proverbs 30. Go over to Proverbs 30. A few more pages. Proverbs 30. Look at verse 5. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Can I trust the scriptures? Are they accurate? Can I believe what God says is true? Psalm 30, verse 5. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. Every single stinking word. Okay, I should say that. Every single word of God proves true. Proves true. Stands the test in time. You get the picture. Lying is, is so far from God. It's evil. It's wicked. It's vile. It's an abomination to God. It's from the pit of hell, you might say. All right. Uh, another verse there in your notes says it's part of our old sinful nature. That's who we were. That's who we used to be. We used to be liars and deceivers. But now we walk in our new nature. We walk with God. We walk with the truth. We are people of the truth. The spirit of God is truth. The spirit of Satan is lies and deceit. And we want to be people of the truth in small things. And this is kind of where we get into some gray area. right? In small things as well as big things. We want to tell the truth about Jesus. Salvation, eternity, so important. But we also want to tell the truth when your coworker asks a simple question. What did you do this weekend? And you try to make up some big fanciful thing like you were uh, having some crazy fun or, or like embellish stories to make them seem more exciting. That's what Marco's doing. He's embellishing his story in his mind to make it seem, to make life seem more exciting. Sometimes we go, oh, my life's kind of boring. And this person asks me a question, so I'm going to juice it up a little bit. Just, you know, add some padding and, and add some excitement that wasn't really there, but maybe they'll think I'm a more exciting person if I ramp up this story. We exaggerate, don't we? You ever embellish a story? Raise your hand if you've ever lied. Those not raising their hands are liars! You're lying right in church! Oh boy, Ken's going to come and get you. Ken, would you come forward and you just put your hands out for handcuffs? He's going to take you away. Liars, liars, deceivers. If we have all told lies, this is part of the human condition. We want not to, right? We don't want to deceive. We, we want to be people of the truth. 
Now, from time to time, we all ramp up our stories. The fish was this big. We all embellish things. And you get to this gray area of how far is too far? You know, if Marco just said, hey, I saw this, this guy on Mulberry Street and he was in a horse. Oh, but it was a zebra. That'd be a little bit. His dad might even kind of believe him because a zebra is kind of like a horse, right? But when you get to flying elephants and airplanes, okay, this is just too much. But where's that gray area? Where's that? that there's this area where uh, it just, it, it's hard to know what to do. Sometimes we, we embellish stories to make ourselves seem like the hero. Sometimes we don't feel good about the things that we did or the things that we said. And we kind of leave some edits on the cutting room floor about the stories we tell to make ourselves seem better or to justify our actions. We can ramp up those stories. Now, Marco didn't actually lie to his father. We get to the end, and I was expecting... I hadn't read this book. I don't know if I ever read this book, like Joyce. I was expecting he's going to tell his dad this real fanciful story. And then he just like locks up and shuts down. And he just said, it was a wagon. And he just couldn't do it. I don't know. He, uh, he choked, you know. But he, he had every intention of doing it. I'm going to tell my dad all this fanciful stuff. He wanted to exaggerate and embellish to his dad. He'd been planning it the whole time. Just couldn't get it out. Wanted to tell his dad some, some fun imagination. For us, though, is, is fanciful lying okay? Things to think about. Where does, uh, you know, if somebody's having a surprise party and you say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And they're the surprise, right? They're going to be the one surprise. You go, mm. I'm not going to tell them that, so I'm going to make up something. You don't want to tell a surprise uh, person, hey, you're having a surprise birthday party this weekend. I can't wait to come. Saturday, 3 o'clock. You're going to walk in, everybody's going to go, surprise! Well, we don't do that, right? Now, there is a difference between a surprise and a secret, but we're getting into some white lies here and some fibs. And, and how much is too much? And, and where is the line? I love kidding around. I love, I think God created humor, and I love that part about God. And I think Jesus was, you know, you see some of these, um, the Chosen series, and he was kind of funny, and he was messing with the kids and, and teasing them. And uh, God created humor. There's humor in the scriptures. And I like to joke. I like jokes. I like to laugh. Anybody like to laugh? Who doesn't like to laugh, right? You want to live your life just, I'm so boring and dull. No, I love, I love to enjoy life. But there, you know, when you're teasing, when you're ribbing, when you're kidding, when we're joking, there's like this uh, not truth going on. So where do, what do we do with that? That's a gray area. I would recommend... You know, I, I tease my kids, and they're not, they don't always know the difference between truth and reality because they're young. But I tease my kids, and I sort of wink at them, you know, and I say, Daddy's just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. And they know the difference between joking and telling real lies. But if you tell somebody, uh, you know, that dry humor, you tell somebody a joke, you tease them, but you don't, like, give them a signal afterward or, ha-ha, gotcha, they might think you're telling the truth. Unless they know you and you're a big fat liar, pants on fire, they might think you're you're telling the truth. So what about teasing? What about joking? What about kidding? Is that evil and wrong and, and from Satan? I don't I don't think so. But there is a gray area there. If we joke around too much, what's that cry wolf thing, right? If you just cry and wolf all the time, all the time, all the time, people eventually start to believe you. 
or, or not believe anything that you can say. And so there is that gray area. So you tell me. Shout it out. When is it okay to... Or is that gray area? When, it is, when is it okay to not tell the truth? Is it okay to not tell the truth? To have a white lie? To have a... This is where Nancy comes in. Come on, Nancy. This is... When is it okay to joke or tease or, or kid or rip somebody? Huh? Shout it out. Well, when your parent has dementia and telling them the truth is not something they can understand. When your parent has dementia, telling the truth is not something they can understand. That's really, really hard. And so you have to come up with something to soothe hmm. their psyche. And calm them not, a bit. Yeah. You know, it's not the truth, but it will calm them down. Interesting. So I hadn't thought about that. Aspect, that's yeah. what I ended up having to do. Okay. That's a gray area. That, that's hard. You know, you love your parent. You want to tell them the truth. But if you start telling the truth and they have a, a certain condition, they might start freaking out or just have lots, not understand things fully that they can't process. Yeah. That's hard. Anybody else have thoughts? Where, where is this gray area between truth and lies and, and joking or teasing or, you know, have a kid with dementia half, or children? Says, Do I look good in these jeans? <laughs> <laughs> Just asking for a friend. Yes, yes, yes. For your friend, if, if a, a woman says, Do I look fat in this dress? Then you just... You just tell them what they want to hear? Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> That's hard. That's a gray area, right? Because... Uh, they, they might, you know, but, but if you tell them that, that well, that's, you're going to be sleeping on the couch, you know. <laughs> so we could maybe be a person of the truth. And women, just can I just say, don't ever say, ask, do I look fat in this? Because you're really leaving a guy up a creek, okay? There's no good answer. I mean, no is the obvious answer. But then, okay, you could say, honey, you are beautiful no matter what you wear. I, lo- I love that dress and the colors so and, I look and the purple. <laughs> You know what? I think uh, I got to go work on something in the garage. Yeah, a... <laughs> I'm going to go fix that thing you've been wanting me to fix. Oh, and then she'll let you go, right? That's a hard one. That's another sort of gray area because uh, you don't want to hurt somebody. Well, and we can all stand to lose a few pounds, right? Women, just please don't ask that question. You can say, how, how does this look? How does this look? Um, and a guy can say, I like that. I like that color. It looks good. It fits you. Boom, boom, boom. And then we don't have to tell lies or get smacked and sleep on the couch, right? <laughs> I like this uh, cartoon. It had two avocados with faces. And they're like, do I look fat in this? And he's like, yes, but no, honey, I mean, you're the good kind of fat. You're just a good, it's a cholesterol. It's a, anyway, that's the fatty of avocados. There's this line, though. It's this gray area. It, it's difficult, isn't it? We say, we want to be people of the truth. And then the wife asks the question. And then the parent has dementia. And then the kids don't fully understand yet because they're four. And they say, where do babies come from? And you're like, okay, you're four. So, uh, the hospital. The, yeah, the hospital. Or I guess for us, the bedroom, right? But, or the backyard, or the porch. That's another story. So, so there is also with children, especially, or maybe with parents with dementia, this age-appropriate answer. Right, so we don't need to always tell the whole truth. You know, grandma died. What happened with grandma? Well, she's rotting in the ground. You know, we don't need to, to like overwhelm them to things they can't understand. And if they ask where babies come from, we can do age-appropriate answers. 
you know, mommy and daddy, uh, and there's mommy's tummy, and boom, there, you know, there it is. And we don't have to start getting out the, the graphic books or the, uh, do the whole sex education class right then and there. That's for later, and, and age-appropriate things are, are very important. But we still want to tell the truth to our kids. I want to tell the truth to my kids in an age-appropriate way, or parents, or whoever it is, uh, where we're not just constantly lying. Oh, the stork brought the baby, and you know, grandma's in a better place. Or, you know, where the kid grows up and their friends are like, they're in sixth grade. Stork, are you serious? Do you seriously believe that? Here, watch this video about where babies come from. And they're like, what? I don't want to see that. So we need to tell our kids the truth. Age-appropriate truth. What? No wonder I'm so screwed up. Oh, your parents my said the stork? Told, no, my folks told me I was found under a rock. Wow. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought the aliens brought you in, Jim. Weren't you like beamed down from the spaceship or something? <laughs> Simple truths. Age appropriateness. Um, and is there any kids in the room? Yes. Which ones? Okay, okay. So what, what I mean to say is... Uh, there are some lies and gray area truths that parents also talk to their kids about certain people that appear around Christmas time, if you know what I mean. And uh, the Easter, or when they lose bones in their mouth, right? Which I always thought was creepy that this lady breaks in your house and steals your bones, you know. But that's. And so, uh, is telling kids, is that a lie? I know some early teenagers who still believe certain things. I, I have known, and they're like, what? And their friends at school are like, anyway, it's a whole thing. But how long do we tell a kid these things? And is it okay to tell a kid? And I know different, it's not in the scriptures to, to not tell your kids about the fairy, you know, or whatever, because that wasn't really a thing back then. All I'm saying is, personally speaking, I want to tell my kids the truth, but we can still, I know it, this, is, this is up to each parent, all right, I'm not looking down on anybody, but um, we can still tell the truth in an age-appropriate way and have fun. So when I was growing up, I had presents under the tree that said Santa, right? But I knew certain things. Hallie's giving me the signal, so... Uh, <laughs> We can still have fun with our kids, and I can still explain to my kids, which I do, certain things or certain ways. Um, uh, but other kids think certain things, and we don't want to ruin that for them. But we know the truth. That's, that's us. I know each parent's got to decide that in their, in their own heart, and I don't look down on parents who do tell their kids certain things. But I, it's just something to think about, this gray area. If we tell our kids this exists, and then we tell our kids that Jesus exists and they can't see either of them, is that a confusing point at some day for children? Maybe. Maybe those are some of the things that kind of rattle around in my brain. And again, uh, I'm not kicking you out of Troy View if you tell your kids certain things. Because I know it's really fun. It's really fun and you had a magical time growing up. Uh, but it is something to think about, to consider, is all I'm saying. I want to challenge you a little bit today, maybe step on a few toes, but I'm just thinking these things through, okay? Overall, 
I think it's important to use the imagination that God gave to us. But he tells us not to lie. I mean, it's very clear <laughs> to not lie. And uh, maybe even about fantastical things. Good-natured joking. Pure kidding around, teasing, as you know, if people know. that We talked about that. Where does gossip fit in? Oh. Oh, it's... Gossip is oftentimes spreading half-truths or lies. It can be based. And even if it is true, it probably doesn't need to come from us. Anybody ever play the game telephone? Yeah. Tell somebody something and then 20 kids later, it's something completely different. That's what happens with gossip. That's another good topic. We're going to talk about maybe gossip uh, around Christmas time. That'll be fun. Uh, Toxic words. Or, no, ugly words, right? We're going to do ugly sweater Christmas, so get your sweaters ready. All right. But gossip is another one, and that can get embellished over time. And I would just recommend not gossiping. I think God and Jesus and Paul have some things to say about that. But that's another one where lies can just get piled on top of lies. I was just thinking of, well, not to get into politics, but a lot of times you can take a grain of something and put it on a political ad. And yes, maybe it's oh, technically... Slander, funny, right? Yeah, that can, but... Yeah. But, you know, it's meant to evoke a certain thing, which happens a lot. They do it with juries. Sure. You know, it's, there are things that are selected to hmm. influence. Taking a, a, a clip out from something and trying to fit a narrative that you want to vote for somebody or not vote for somebody. Yeah. Half-truths, uh, out-of-context clips, happens all the time. And that's why we need to do our research. To know things, uh, truthful things, well, to, to be diligent, to seek out the truth about a candidate, about a person, um, it's important. Because there's a lot of half-truths and a lot of just gossip and slander about all kinds of leaders and, and people you're going to vote for this November. So let me ask a few questions. Thanks for bringing up that, Nancy. It's good thoughts, too. Bonus thoughts. Where have you been lying to yourself? See, sometimes we lie so much we start to believe it. And other people. Where have you been lying to yourself? And are you like Marco? Do you try to escape from reality by making up these fanciful things? But maybe too much. Things you know are false. We've got to be committed to telling the truth. Even when it's hard. Now, telling the truth doesn't always mean that you need to say, You look fat in that dress. Like... There are ways to tell the truth where we can still lovingly be loving and gracious to the person. And we need to focus on that. All right, so here's our last thought. You ready for this week's rhyme? Ready for this week's rhyme? Okay. Uh, Satan's the king of all lies and deceit, but God's truth is the truth on every street. Hey, it's Dr. Sustan. No, okay. You guys don't care. All right, but I worked hard on it. So God's truth is the truth on every street. And what I want to do uh, quickly before we end is go through a bit of John. Okay, I looked up truth verses, and holy cow, John has a ton to say about truth. So if you want to turn with me to the book of John, last turn this morning, we're going to walk through John in the New Testament. The book or the gospel? Yes. (laughs) The book of John is the gospel of John. Not 1 John or 2 John or 3 John. Can you name four books in the Bible? John. Hey, that's cheating. All right. John chapter 1, look at verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and what? Truth. 
Jesus from his creation was all about truth. Verse 17. 117, John 117. For the law was given through Moses, grace and what? Truth came through Jesus Christ. Really, really, really important. Flip over to pay, uh, chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 24. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in what? Truth. John 8.32. Told you we're taking a tour. 8.32. And you will know the what? Truth. And the truth will set you free. We can be held captive in, in lies and deceit. Go to uh, chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 6. John 14, 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the what? And the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Do you think if you tell people that your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and you believe whatever you want, we're all going to the same place. God saves everybody no matter what you believe or what you do. Is that helpful to somebody? No. We are lying to them. We want to be filled with grace and truth. Two pedals on a bike. Jesus' message is the most inclusive of all time religions. Inclusive. Anybody can come to me. But it's also exclusive. He is the way, not a way, the truth, not a truth, and the life. Not a life. He, and we need to share the truth. Uh, look at verse uh, chapter 16. 16 verse 13. 16.13 John. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all what? Truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Guide you into the truth. We need to be guided into the truth. Look at verse uh, chapter 17.17. 17.17. Make them holy by your what? Teach them your word, which is truth. Your word is truth. If you ever say, oh, I wonder uh, if this is true. I, I wonder these things. People say a lot of things. The world says a lot of things have to go back to the truth. And last one, 1838. John 1838. What is truth? Well, let's go back up a little bit. 37. Pilate said, uh, so you are a king? Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into this world to testify to the what? Truth. All who love truth recognize what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate said. Then he went out at, again to the people and told them, he is not guilty of any crime. So that's a, before Jesus was crucified. But we have that question in society, in our, in our world, and in our lives. What is truth? That's the age-old question. And the answer, what is truth? God and Jesus and his word. Trustworthy, stood the test of time, pure, um, undefiled, unaltered, unedited truth about every area of our lives, even if marijuana isn't mentioned in the Bible or whatever isn't mentioned in the Bible. It's because the Bible isn't about everything, but it has principles for everything. Does the Bible talk about dinosaurs? Well, the word dinosaur wasn't invented until the 1800s, so probably not, right? But it has principles. Uh, they're just another animal, you know, that made it creation. But truth is truth. Facts 
are facts. Not your truth and my truth. If you say, you can believe whatever you want, that's your truth, and I can believe whatever I want, that's my truth. What if my truth says that you must die because you're an infidel? How's that going to work out for you? We can't all just get along. If somebody's truth says that I'm going to kill you and the other person says I'm going to kill you, then we're at nuclear war. You know? And that's just not going to work out very well. Someone needs to tell Oprah that's not how truth works. Truth is truth. Truth is truth. There's one truth and that's God's truth. Even if we don't like the truth sometimes, even if we don't want to hear that truth that the doctor says, well, let's, let's just do this. You go into a doctor, and you're overweight, maybe obese, maybe morbidly obese, and the doctor says, you know what, I don't want to hurt your feelings, and uh, so I'll just lie to you, you're fine, you're in great shape, keep eating that pumpkin pie, keep eating those milkshakes every day, you're, it's going to be alright. Well, do you want the doctor to tell you the truth or lies? You need to change your diet. You need to start exercising. You need to do this. You need to stop that. The doctor is paid to tell you the truth. You don't go to the doctor for a feel-good message. And sometimes the scriptures have truth that we don't like to hear. I'm paid to tell you the truth. Not to tickle your uh, itching ears. That's a, a verse. You know, They just wanted to hear whatever tickled their ears, Paul says. They just wanted to hear feel-good messages, watered-down messages. Live your best life now. You know, all that kind of watered-down. Um, you're fine as you are. God accepts you as you are. You don't need to change a thing. If I told you that, you would be headed on the broad road to destruction. God has standards. God has truth. And we need to be a people filled with grace and truth. Even when you can't handle the truth, Nancy. How do we deal with it when people tell us, you're lying, Jesus wasn't divine. Mm -hmm. He lied when he said that. He lied when he said that? That's pretty bold if somebody's ever told you that. Well, at the time he lived, I mean, people were saying, you're a liar. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. And then, of course, there's... I thought they were saying that, yeah. Your friend was saying, your Christian friend was saying Jesus was lying. I would not venture towards that. No, um, but there, you know, there's still a lot of people today that say it's not real, it doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, the sky fairy, you know, spaghetti, flying spaghetti monster, God isn't real. Yeah. I mean, there's, so I don't know. Some people have believed the lies of the world so much that. They are. They put up their walls, and they uh, are closed to convincing. They're closed to truth. I've already got my mind made up. Don't confuse me with facts. Two plus two equals five, and I don't want to hear any different. Right? But gravity still goes down. Two plus two still equals four. Even if you don't believe in math, uh, two plus two still equals four. Even if you don't believe in God, if you're a Muslim, if you're an atheist, whatever, God is still God. He still created the world. He's coming back to judge the world one day. Some people aren't going to believe the truth. And, and Jesus, Paul, they, the scriptures talk a lot about that. Some people just aren't going to believe. Um, we need to share with them, but, but their hearts are hardened. And so maybe we need to go to more fertile ground. But um, no matter what religion you are, God and Jesus, they talk about, scriptures talk about truth in every area of our lives. 
even for those who don't want to hear it. Money, work, marriage, relationships, um, biology, science. Every truth is God's truth on every street. Every truth. So science says, we found this new star. It's like, God put that over there. Biology is like, we found this in the human body. God did that. Or we made a new discovery. God discovered that a long time ago when he made it. Don't be against science. Don't be against biology. God made science. God made all these things. They are his truth. And God's language is truth and the only truth from the beginning of creation to the end of uh, eternity in the kingdom of God. Not the end, but to continue on on of eternity. I like what author and speaker Matt Walsh says. He says, the truth doesn't become less true because there are fewer people speaking it. Love that. The truth does not become less true because there are fewer people speaking it. If a billion people believe a lie and one person believes the truth, what's truth? What's still true? The truth. truth. That one person. Even if everybody else believes a lie, that truth is still the truth. Facts are still facts. Even if they hurt your feelings. Even if you don't want to hear them. Even if you'd rather believe a fanciful lie that you made up to help yourself feel better and to make life more exciting, the truth is still the truth. I know that truth can be hard to find. Sometimes I know that there are certain Bible verses that people interpret, interpret different that can kind of be hard to, to know what the truth is. That's why Paul tells Timothy to not be like a lot of the folks uh, back then, still today, who want to follow their own desires and hear whatever their tickling ears want to hear. We've got to be people who um, seek the truth, not just fanciful lies. It can be dangerous. Uh, even to, it can be dangerous for our life to believe a, a popular narrative that's not true, to believe what feels right or feels good, and many, many, many people do, and many, many people propagate teachings that are just plain wrong. Many times in the Scriptures, over and over, Paul says, be like the Bereans, search out the Scriptures to find out if what these people are teaching is true. And then um, he says a little bit in a different book, it's in your notes, to not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit, but to test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. But there are so many people who say so many things, and on different channels they say different things. What is truth? How do we know what to believe? By going back and back and back to God's Word. What is the truth? Not what is popular. Not what is said a lot. What God says is the truth. So we're going to sing our last song here. Uh, As we do, I want to encourage and challenge all of us, including myself, to, um, to be diligent in seeking the truth from the scriptures about every area of our lives, uh, to not get lost in the world's lies, to not get lost in the world's half-truths or or little video clips right that they edit from a candidate to say one thing out of context, like Nancy mentioned, to not get lost in too, too much in fantasies or myths that can be wonderful, they can be compelling, but they're not true. So enjoy imagination. Go to Disney World if you want. Have a magical experience. You know, maybe it's not as magical as it used to be, but um, always, always, always be a people who know the truth, who are of the truth, who are sharing truth and seeking the one true truth from God. And um, that is the most important truth. It says Jesus died in our place for our sins. Most important truth in the history of the world. So let's stand and sing praises to our Savior together.
Father, you are worthy, 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 holy, holy, holy is your name. Worthy of all our praise, worthy of all our life, worthy of all that we are, we surrender it to you because of the truth of what you've done for us, how you've saved us and set us free from Satan, sin, and death through Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Help us to leave this building and go in power but also in truth, to speak your saving power to the people around us so that they can know who you are too and also be saved. Give us confidence in what we believe, confidence, courage, and the hope and joy and love and peace that we have that only comes from you and help us to light the dark world with a light so brilliant that your name is glorified, glorified, glorified and lifted up because of the saving truth of what you've done through Jesus. In His name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.